Hi, my name's Julie Mackin and welcome back to Speaking of Social Justice. Election's been called, you're all fully aware of what's happening, it's a complete disaster so far, depending on what side you're on. But we are joined today by Sister Jan Barnett, who has created this most extraordinary resource, really, and it's called Voting for the Common Good. Welcome, Jan, and can you tell us what is Voting for the Common Good and what is the resource? Well, I'd like to correct you, first of all, because it's, <laughs> it's not my own initiative. It's the initiative for the common good by a group concerned for the common good. And so it's really important, I think, that we recognise where it comes from. And of course, as we would know, it comes from Catholic social teaching. But I also argue that it's not just Catholic social teaching. I argue that it's founded in the Gospels. Right. So before we go any further, what it is, is 12 briefing documents covering a range of really critical human rights issues that are happening in Australia today. Do you want to just list what some of those documents are? Well, we've seen some of them named already in the discussion and debates that have been going on, so around aged care, around the environment, around the huge gap between wealth and poverty in Australia the difficulties around job seeker and job keeper, issues around young people, issues around women, issues around where we're going as a nation in terms of integrity and in terms of all those issues that are challenging us to go beyond the emphasis in COVID, which was focusing on us as individuals, to encouraging us to recognise that we will only grow together if we grow as a community. Right. And, of course, the other issues really there at the moment which are really salient is the question of war and, in particular, Australia's contribution to the war machine, which um, I suspect a lot of Australians don't realise. We play a really critical role in exporting lethal weaponry to regimes like Saudi Arabia and other human rights abusers. So um, they're really extraordinary documents, really. Can I just go back briefly? You talked about Catholic social justice. Um, what is the difference between Catholic social justice and Christian social justice? Or is, is there not one? I think in the finer detail we might disagree, but I've noticed that a number of groups have prepared papers for the election. And so the National Council of Churches, Vincent de Paul, well, they're Catholic, but a number of different religious groups. And there has been some debate about the issue of religious freedom, I've noticed, the last few days. And as somebody said in a letter to the Herald this week, it's people who are professing to be Christian are a small group of isolated individuals, really, who are not really concerned for the common good or for what is for the good of the whole community. And that's what I think these documents are trying to say and say strongly. The other thing, like having a look at the 12 of them, the other thing that strikes me is all 12 of them go to the question of our, of our collective good, of what is good for most of us, what is good particularly for those of us who are vulnerable, rather than that very individualistic kind of approach to, I guess a lot of people, if you thought about the Christian churches in election campaigns recently, you'd be thinking about 
you know, same-sex marriage and euthanasia and religious freedom and stuff like that, um, none of those are actually in these documents. No, they're not. But I think because we're based in the gospel, what we've tried to do is pick up those issues which pick up what Jesus was on about. What was Jesus on about? Talk about well, that. Well, if you look at Luke 4, he says, The Spirit of God is upon me. I've been sent to bring good news to the poor. I've been sent to free captives, to free the oppressed, to bring new sight to the blind. So that's what he said at the beginning. And towards the end of his career, in Matthew 25, he reminds us that when we come to the end of our life, how are we going to be judged by the way that we gave food to the hungry, the way we lifted up the oppressed, what we did for those people who have been pushed to the edges of our society, not our own individual holiness. Yep, and, and I guess too what's interesting about that is I think a lot of people are used to thinking about religions as being extending a charitable arm. My mum's got a beautiful expression. She says it's as cold as charity which I think is um, a really useful way of seeing charity as a way of, that has traditionally been used to privilege the giver and submerge the given to, if you like. Whereas what Jesus was talking about was he, he didn't just say that, he actually did that. He was in relationship with the last, the lost and the least. They were his mates. And so all... it wasn't a power thing, as charity can often be mm. seen as. But see, it's about the two feet of justice because the first foot of justice is the foot that works actively to alleviate the poverty, to strengthen those who are feeling vulnerable and weak. But the other foot of justice is a recognition that unless we change the structures, then there is no way that those situations are going to improve. And so the first foot of justice is feet on the ground helping others. The second foot of justice is around advocacy to change the structures because until we change the structures, those other things will just continue and probably get worse. Before we finish, a number of people have looked at these documents and said how marvellous they are. Uh, they've also looked at the beautiful video that goes along with it and said what a brilliant talent the people in that are. I'm in that. But they have also said, so, OK, we've read all of this, so who do we vote for? What's your answer to that? I think if we look really carefully at people's history and what they are saying they're going to do, I think this document shows us very clearly where we should be going. Because if you're thinking of aged care, if you're thinking of housing, if you're thinking of people who are in poverty, if you're thinking of employment, if you're thinking of women in this society, I think we have to look very carefully at which parties are telling us that we need to look at what they are promising to do, but also what their history is. And mm. I know we've only had the coalition for the last four years, three years, but we also look at our past history of each of those parties, Labor, Liberal, Greens, Independents, and I think we have to vote very carefully on what we believe will happen if this particular party gets in. Will there be any change? Will there be an improvement? And are people honest in what they are saying they will do? Yeah. I think that is critical. I think integrity is at the heart of it. 
and we have to look at integrity and the integrity of people and not just look at the two leaders. Mm. Like I'm devastated by the way our elections have become presidential. Mm. Mm. We have to look at the team and the policies, not just the person who stands up there and the journalists who try to get them in a gotcha moment. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the onus is on us, the electorate, isn't it? I mean, it, oh. we always get the leaders we deserve. Yes. So let's hope we get some decent leadership. And the emphasis in this kit prior to the election is on the voters, asking voters to consider very, very carefully all those issues we're naming. But after the election, I think we have an added responsibility to visit the people who are elected and really speak strongly about the way we've voted for the common good, but also demanding that they act according to the common good and with integrity. Thanks very much, Jan. Let's see how this election rolls out in the end. <gasps> Scary. <laughs> we keep hoping. We keep praying. Mm.